Welcome to episode three of the Fitness for the Fairways podcast presented by Par4 Performance. In today's episode, we sit down and talk with Jeff Pelizzaro, who is the co-founder of 18 Strong, which is a very similar resource to Par4 Performance. It's a strength and conditioning resource online to help you take your golf game to the next level while trying to mitigate your chance of injury to help you stay on the course longer. Jeff is a physical therapist by trade, and now he focuses primarily on strength and conditioning, and he's very similar to Joe on that end in regards to his background with strength and conditioning and blended it with physical therapy. In this episode, Jeff sits down and talks about priming, which is his way of getting his athletes prepared for their rounds. Let's get into it. All right, guys. Welcome to episode three of the Fitness for the Fairways podcast. We are joined today with Jeff Pelizzaro who is the founder of 18 Strong, who runs an awesome podcast and is doing some great stuff out of St. Louis. What's up, Jeff? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, why don't we start uh, by you telling us and our listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. So a little brief recap. Um, background is in physical therapy. I'm, I'm a St. Louis boy. Go Blues. Yes, uh, just yes, won the Stanley sir. Cup last night as we're speaking here. I'm going to cut um, you off a frame of reference we're a month in the future right now so the blues won a won the stanley cup a year ago a, a month ago <laughs> so uh, if you guys can play the glorious song in in my intro that'd be great too i would, would <laughs> yeah. appreciate that um, so something like that worth it i was i was born and raised in st louis um went to physical therapy school in kansas city and um practiced clinically for about six years and then had the opportunity to shift over into the golf fitness world and um, that was in 2008. So I've been working with golfers for you know a little over 10 years now. And about four years ago, and, and more on the fitness side, more so than the physical therapy side. So uh, just to give you a little reference there. But um, about four years ago, my cousin and I started 18 Strong. He's kind of the, the website end. He's kind of the back end. He does a lot of the email marketing. He does a lot of the... Uh, the background stuff that nobody gets to see. I get to just be the, the pretty face on camera or on the on the mic. And um, so we started 18 Strong really as a, as a way to, first of all, just start to talk to some other great people in the world of golf and fitness. So much like you guys are doing, uh, you know, it's just a great way to connect with people and to learn as much as possible. But um, I, was, I was really kind of looking for a way to find some more information for myself as, as being a practitioner and and a trainer and a coach, and um, but also looking for a way to kind of get that information out to other people that needed it. I specifically remember a, an incident where me and my buddies were on a golf trip in Kansas City. Actually, we were in Columbia, Missouri, and um, my buddy started telling me about he he had just gotten hooked into golf, and he was telling me about all this stuff that he was doing in the gym. And I looked him straight in the eye, and I'm like, dude, that's all wrong. Everything <laughs> that you just told me is like absolutely what I would not have you do. And so I was like, all right, so there's there's something here where people want this information. They, they need to be able to get it. So, um, you know, now we're we're about four years into 18 strong. I still practice on a daily basis in the gym uh, with golfers of all levels. Um, but uh, 18 strong now has almost almost 240 episodes on the podcast. And we've had both of you fellas on the show um, right. and we've had some incredible guests. And uh, I know you guys will as well. Yeah. And that's that's awesome to hear. So I'll be honest, I didn't know you started this in 2008. So I'm sure that you've seen quite a transformation in regards to what we were doing 11 years ago to the way the fitness world, especially for golf, is now. Because when Tiger came on the scene, it was lifting weights. And 
that, that was unprecedented. He, he was the pioneer behind that. And now it's, you're kind of a weirdo if you're on the tour and not doing that now, I would say, based on yeah. the longest drivers on tour. The guys are in better shape now than ever before. So what would you say, what do you think the biggest takeaway was? And obviously there's probably a bunch of them in regards to how golfers are, are addressing training differently nowadays. Well, you know, it is, it's, it's crazy. You look at these guys now and you see your, your Kepkas and I was just watching a little bit of the U S open today. And, and, um, you know, one of the amateurs who will soon be a pro is, is Victor Hovland from OSU. And you look at that dude and you're like, Whoa, he's, that's an athlete, man. That's, that's not just your, your golfer that we used to think of 10 years ago. Um, and so in 2008, when I shifted over and, and Joe will probably resonate with this, um, you know, I was coming straight from PT. And so I, I, I had that PT mindset, fixing everybody's injuries, but a way more conservative approach. And and everything, golf fitness was kind of that whole golf-ish kind of a feel. You know, the 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 rubber bands, the rotation, the instability stuff. And it took me uh, it took me a while to figure out that that wasn't the the way to go. And I actually started working. I started a gym with a guy here in St. Louis, and he worked with a ton of hockey players. And um, and so I kind of latched onto him and some of the other excellent coaches that we had in our facility and learned how true strength coaches trained and, and worked with their clientele and, and saw what you could do with some real strength training, basic strength training principles, but then kind of tie that in with, you know, my knowledge of just movement and rehab and things like that. Um, and so over the over the last 10 years, what I've seen in this in this industry is kind of getting away from. I mean, it's still out there, believe me, uh, a lot of the, the, the okay. golfy stuff, right? The kind of hokey, um, everything has to look like a golf swing. But um, I see a lot of smart dudes out there now getting into this niche um, and are really bringing a lot. I mean, and you two, you guys are two of them, bringing a lot of those principles of true strength training and, and how athletes really train. Um, even though golf is a, a different sport than a baseball or a basketball or a hockey or something like that. But, you know, strength is strength and bodies move, um, you know, the same way no matter what. But and we can take all those principles. And so it's cool to see kind of that true strength and conditioning world come into the golf world. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a huge believer of that. You know, I, I'm the opposite of you where I actually started as a trainer for many years and flipped over to the PT side. So that's right. Um, it's hard to take that backbone out of me, but I, I do think that it gives me a very special lens to look at now. Um, and that kind of comes up with my follow-up question there is I want to know how your physical therapy background influences your, your training with your athletes now. That all, you know, obviously, strength is a huge component of what, it, what you do, but um, how does the PT lens kind of change that for you or make, make it maybe different from something else? I think I'm probably still a lot more conservative than a lot of the – the pure, pure, I'll say purebred strength coaches that I know. Um, I still, you know, as far as like, I mean, I've, I've seen Frank do some deadlift and I've never done deadlifting like that, you know. Uh, but so I, I probably still steer towards, you know, really making sure everybody's safe, making sure that they're, they're not going to hurt themselves first and foremost. Um, but I think really looking at how, how the body moves. And especially when somebody has an ache or a pain or an injury, I feel like that's still kind of my strength. And so I love, see, I love, I, I love the problem solving piece of it. When somebody comes in and they're like, okay, I know, you know, we're on this program, we're doing this stuff in the gym, but I, I've had this going on, or I got this going on. And it's like, all right, then I kind of throw that PT head on. And it's, it's like, let's figure that out. Um, still do what we need to do, but how can we kind of adjust or adapt and figure out what we need to do to get around that issue. 
Um, and I, I mean, a lot of my population that I work with are kind of the country club golfer or, you know, the, the guys that are in their forties, fifties, sixties, even seventies. And so, I mean, I'm not going to have them trying to deadlift 300 pounds. I'm going to have them trying to move better, feel better, um, wake up in the morning, do some motion stuff and, and really kind of make sure that they move well and that they're just having fun out there for the most part, you know? I think that's awesome because if someone's deadlifting 135 and let's say they're like, I don't know, a 30 year old guy, like that's something I'm going to address. It's like, all right, we need to get stronger here. But eventually you're going to hit a threshold where it's like, do I need to be deadlifting 365, 405, 455? Probably not. Right. There's other characteristics at that point that we should be focusing on once that strength bucket is filled. So I think that's a great point on your end for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you take that guy and it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we want to get him deadlifting, but can you do a split squat? Like if he can't, you know, if he can't get halfway down a split squat, I'm like, whoa, maybe we, we got to start there. We got to do some stuff and work on that. Or can you even, can you even hinge, you know, without, can you touch your toes? Like those kinds of things. And so I, I tend to kind of lean more towards uh, that end, I would say. Yeah. There's always that uh, law of diminishing returns too, right? It's, you know, if how much, how strong should someone get before we say, Hey, okay, you know, that's enough, right? Like, obviously, if may, someone deadlifting 500 pounds may not, at that point, probably won't really correlate over to, to powering your golf swing anyway. So I, I think you're, you're right on there. Uh, yeah, so I actually was uh, browsing around, and I see you have a, a series on what to do before my round, and, and uh, there was a recent post on priming. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that and how that can impact our listeners? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we all hear about how we need to warm up before a round of golf. And I mean, it's still, it's still one of those things that I find people either just decide not to do it. They forget about it. They're in a hurry. Um, but the three of us know how important it is to, to warm up or just get your body ready to do what you need to do out on the course. And I think sometimes it can be overblown and people think, oh, that's too much of a hassle to, to get ready. And I just want to go hit some balls and, and then get out to the first tee. Um, priming, um, for, you know, the way that we use it is, is basically getting your muscles awake, waking them up. So it's not just going out and doing a hamstring stretch and, you know, doing a couple leg swings and you're good to go, but it's, it's actually putting a little resistance through your muscles and some of the muscles that you're going to be working during your golf swing, getting your core activated a little bit and really kind of engaging the the contraction of the muscles so they're ready to fire they're they're ready you know if you watch a a soccer team warm up or you watch the you know hockey players warm up they're actually they're doing some work before they go out and play and they're getting their body ready to attack and that's kind of the way i feel we need to approach the golf game is is be ready to attack so when you go to the first tee you shouldn't be looking at it as all right i'm gonna loosen up over the next three holes you should kind of say no i'm I'm ready to go. Like I, I'm going to swing max swing speed off the tee box and show everybody else that I'm playing with that they're in for something today. Um, but priming is just a, a way, and we use resistance bands a lot. You know, just doing some stuff to to work on some of the shoulder muscles, the the scapular muscles, um, some of the rotational stuff. Just get the the core working, and really just kind of flipping the switch and saying, "All right, we're ready to go." Yeah, I I love that term priming too. Because I'll tell you right now, if you, you get a, someone that likes to compete, the word priming is a lot sexier than warming up. Yeah. So that's definitely a way to create buy-in right off the bat. So that's that's an awesome way of attacking it. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, people have heard warm up for decades, right? Yeah. And and people think loose, relaxed stretching. You know, even I still see like you know young young athletes doing kind of that lazy limbering around and just kind of stretching and you know doing those those things. But it's like no, let's let's get primed, let's get ready, let's get ready to attack. Yeah, I like that too because it also you, it's it's going more than just trying to like make yourself more mobile, right? We're talking about, you know, taking our physical components and just making it more ready to go out. So we're actually adding, you know, some muscle activation work um, or even just some like really light strength, you know, like pretty much what, what you're going to be doing before you go out into the gym and kind of get yourself ready for that. And golf is no different than athletic endeavor we do. So, you know, why would we not be doing that for one sport, you know, compared to all the other sports that we do? Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, it's as simple as bringing a rubber band in your bag and hook it around the golf cart and do a couple of ro- you know one arm rows or two arm rows or and then flip around, do some some punches where you're kind of rotating with your punches. Um, you know, and we'll do you grab the band with both hands and do some pull aparts and I mean, you know, you're kind of ready to go. It's it's more than most people do. It's ninety percent more than most people do. Yeah. And on that end too, it's 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 helping create a routine and becoming habitual over time. Because most amateur golfers, us and we're guilty of this in the past as well. We show up, we go to the putting green, and then we'll hit head over to the driving range, take a couple shots, and we're 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 in the first tee box. So I think having a plan prior to your round is is key to making sure that longevity throughout your season, but also throughout the years, uh, you you're mitigating your chance of injury over time. Well, and I mean, what guy doesn't want a little advantage over his playing partners, right? I mean, I was just at a, an event in Kansas City this past weekend, and it was a guy's event. You know, it was me and my buddy, and we played five nine-hole matches. And, you know, you look around, and the only thing the guys are doing to warm up is they go eat breakfast, and they go to the range, and, you know, where, you know, we did some, we did a little foam rolling. We, you know, just did some light exercise and stuff. And I'm, I'm just with you. Like there were a couple of times where we didn't and it's okay. But, you know, if you want that edge on your, your partners and you want to go to the first tee box feeling good and ready to go. And you know that that guy's not, I mean, that's the, it's like the simplest way to make sure that you have a little bit of a head start on everybody else. Yeah. And you, you just said the word simple, like it, it should be simple. We're not asking you to do do like a two hour prep before you, you, your, your round, um, five minutes. Like we literally preach joint circles all day long, like yeah. simply your neck through the biggest range of motion, your shoulder, your hip. Um, and to layer that from the standpoint of golf injury, we know that lower back pain is the most prevalent injury amongst golfers. Um, what do you think we should be doing a better job with to get this message across? Because while I think we're going in the right direction, it's still pretty prevalent. And you having the the training and rehab background, what what's what's the missing link that we should be attacking as fitness professionals to to preach our message across? Well, I, I think that it's probably mostly that people need to understand that it's not usually their back that's the problem when they have the back pain. It's something else is is busted. Something else isn't working or isn't moving. And your back is what unfortunately is taking up the brunt of the issue. And, you know, you guys know as well as anybody that a lot of times it's the hips. Um, Sometimes it's the ankle. Sometimes it's the the thoracic spine and just working on those things. And I I really find that the hips are a huge one. You know, you get a a guy doing some of those 90 nineties and getting comfortable with some of that stuff and starting to move a little bit better. 
and they kind of at first will look at you like, well, what about my back? Like, what what back exercises are we doing? It's like, well, we're, we don't need to do back exercises necessarily. We need to get some other things moving right. And when you get those moving right, and we continue to preach that to the golfers that, hey, you need to look elsewhere and you need to kind of take care of all these other things. And I love that you guys talk about the joint circle so much and the cars and because it's sometimes it's just those daily simple routines that just start, you know, kind of greasing the joints and loosening things up. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, people realize like, hey, my back doesn't hurt anymore. And I haven't I haven't done that much for my back, but I've been doing these these silly little joint circles and it all feels better. Yeah, it's just a matter of being brilliant at the basics at that point. Um, and yeah, I could definitely vouch as when I was growing up, I played college baseball and I always dealt with lower back stuff. It's like, why is this happening? It's like, hey, I haven't really moved my hips in, like you said, in 1990. I never did that before in my life while I was playing baseball. Now I'm five years older and I'm doing this stuff on a daily basis, the back pain's not there anymore, even though I'm still playing a, a violent rotational sport. So, so there's definitely a correlation there for sure. We'll probably preach it a thousand more times on this podcast and through our social media, but you know, it's all about prerequisites, right? So if we are missing you know, how much rotation you need to, to on your downswing or even on your backswing from your hips, and if you're missing that, something has to make up for it, right? And it has to take more force and load. So really that's how injuries end up happening because you just don't have the ability to get into the positions and all of a sudden now your body is asked to do a little bit more than it was intended or maybe your back or another joint. Um, so definitely uh, key there, right? Working, making sure it's, you know, don't follow the pain, right? Is what we're always preaching in PT school, right? You never want to just look, you know, just isolate on that. You want to look around at the surrounding joints to figure out what um, potentially is really going on there. Yeah. And, you know, you, Frank, you mentioned, you know, as a, as a younger athlete, you had back pain then, but, you know, some of these younger golfers, they don't have the back pain. And so then as they grow up, they don't realize what the problem is. I mean, eventually it can only take so much of that stress and it starts to add up and add up and add up. And it's like, well, wait, I'm not doing anything different. What, why am I getting back pain now? And then you start going and searching for what's wrong with your back. And, and you just realize, you know, you just been putting a lot of stress on it because other things haven't been moving. And, and I too have dealt with a lot of back pain in my day and, and occasionally still do. And I know that when I deal with it is when I've gotten slack on some of my, my cars and my mobility stuff. And then when I bring that back in the routine, it seems like it just all starts to dissipate and everything is good. Yeah. I think that's an awesome point you brought up because if you're not in pain, you don't really think of it. So right. if, in a scenario where pain actually becomes present, you're being more reactive than proactive. So I think after exposure to it, I, and Joe preaches this all the time, where pain isn't necessarily a bad thing. It, it's a, it's like a lesson. It's teaching you something. So once you first experience it, whether it's your back or shoulder, it's like, hey, this is what the deficiency is there. These are This is how you correct it. And you should be proactive in performing this on a consistent basis to make sure it doesn't rear its ugly head going forward. Yeah, that Joe's a pretty smart guy. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so... On that standpoint, like we've talked about pain, um, but obviously we're looking for performance as well. Um, in regards to what you like to do with your golfers in person, what would you recommend to our listeners in regards to general guidelines to imp improving overall performance, whether it's in the gym or on the actual range or course? Well, you had a line earlier that I love and I, I've never heard it and I'm going to write it down. Um, brilliance 
at the basics. And I can't take credit for that. I'm just going to let you know that now. That's Dewey Nielsen. He is a smart SOB, and he, he dropped that at a seminar I was at once. I was like, I love that line. Yeah, I mean, that's that's worth putting on a T-shirt because uh, – I heard it. You'd say something three times, it's yours. That's true. Dan Johnson, <laughs> we've taken credit for it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll put your names under it when I when I post it on social then. But, um, no, I mean, I, I think that that's the key. And so for me, you know, the basics are, you know, pushing, pulling, lunging, squatting, hinging, those, you know, all the, the things that we talk about all the time. You guys talk about it all the time. Um, working on some of the anti-rotational stuff, working in a little bit of rotational motions and just changing up angles, making sure movement is, is good or at least sufficient. Um, and really just trying to continually get better at that stuff. But I try to challenge my, my clients in different ways. So normally we'll work on a program that's, you know, maybe four or six weeks long. Um, they'll have, depending on how many times they come in. They'll have, you know, two, three, maybe even four separate workouts that we go through. And and then, you know, once we change those up, it all kind of looks the same, but it'll be different motions, different angles, different grips. Um, you know, one leg's in a different position. We're staggering your stance and we're just kind of mixing it up. But if you really boil it down, it's almost like the same six things over and over and over and over again. Yep. And then um, another huge factor that uh, specifically for for the golfers is having to work on something fast because um, I'm a big fan of of when you're doing your strength training controlling the weight going slow in your eccentrics and and doing that type of stuff but I mean you're playing golf so you you want to be able to swing fast so working on some sort of speed and uh, I use the super speed uh, golf training system a lot uh, with my golfers and have had huge success with that. Um, but working on that stuff and then obviously the mobility piece, you know, and really working and making sure that people have some homework to do the daily. We, you know, we have we've basically taken the cars and we kind of call it our daily motion routine. We've got a couple other things that we throw in there, but we, we try to preach people just moving, moving everything daily. So you're you're really kind of staying active and you're teaching your joints that they need to handle some stress. Yeah, that's what it boils down mm -hmm. to. Strength, power, mobility. You got three of your big rocks right there, and we try to hammer that every single session we we work with our clients. So love it, yeah. So, so um, I, you know, I actually we was inside the eighteen uh, the strong membership for a while. I think you guys have some really really great stuff for golfers in there. Um, you guys have you know everything from your warm ups on the course through through strength training for golfers. Uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit more more about that and where we can find you on uh, social media or wherever you may be. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, so 18strong.com is is the hub for everything for us. Um, you can find all of our training programs there. We've got a couple eight-week online training programs where we basically, you know, I, I like to think of it kind of like a P90X for golf, but just not with as many fancy camera angles and um, good-looking women in there. It's just me. <laughs> it's just me doing some exercises. But we've got we've basically got everything laid out for you for eight weeks of what, what you're going to do from your mobility stuff, your strength training exercises, your, um, overspeed training, um, even some high intensity work. Um, so we've got a couple different programs. We've got the golf body blueprint and then another version of that, which is a little bit of a, a scaled back version for those 
kind of just getting back in the gym or wanting to get started. Uh, we've got a warm up product in there. So uh, we called our 18 strong elite is, is our membership. Um, everything is also available just kind of by itself. Um, but they can find everything at 18 strong.com. And then obviously the podcast is there. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere that you can find a podcast or everywhere I could figure out how to put a podcast on somewhere, um, which can Spotify. be difficult. Spotify. I think we're on there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely leave links in the show notes so people can refer back. Um, but yeah, it's awesome that you have a couple different levels. So it might be someone that's brand new to strength training, for example, where you're going to ease them into it and they could gradually progress from there. So yeah, we'll definitely leave links so that people can refer back to and learn more about what you guys are doing over there because it is an awesome resource for sure. Yeah, let us show your IG before you go because you know IG is life these days. So. That's true. That's right. That's right. I haven't, we haven't uh, totally dove in as hard as you guys, so we don't have nearly the followers that you guys do on on IG. But maybe this podcast will boost us up there. That's it. The catalyst. We could prom- We could promise two new followers. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, one follower. I'll I'll take it. I'll take whatever you got. One follower becomes two, two becomes four, so on and so forth. So That's right. <laughs> Exponential growth. And it's 18 strong. Is there an underscore at the end of that? There is an underscore. Um, I've been trying to snag the, the <laughs> legitimate 18 strong on Instagram. I think it's one person that has like two, two posts or something like that for like the last four years. But yep. uh, we haven't we haven't secured it. But usually, if you type in eighteen strong anywhere, you should be able to find us. And it's eighteen strong altogether, one eight strong altogether. Awesome. Is he holding that for a, a pretty purse from you? What does he want? Like five thousand dollars for the the rights to the handle? I I haven't asked, and um, I wouldn't pay it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. This has been awesome. So I appreciate you coming out. Like really productive. I think this is. The definitely we're getting off on the right foot with uh, fitness for the fairways. So we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to us. Um, looking forward to seeing how the U.S. Open finishes. Obviously, we're a month in the future now, but um, you got anything else to say, Joe? No, man, I appreciate everything you coming on. Um, it's an honor to have you on this podcast after listening to yours and have being on a guest on yours. So uh, always, man, like always, uh. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> get me all flustered seeing you there. Yeah. He, so <laughs> you guys can't see. We had our we had our uh, our video off. Jeff's face popped on the yeah. screen, and he's got a luscious beard going on right now. So <laughs> the playoff beard. The video yeah. back on. I didn't even know what to say. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe's out of possible words. <laughs> I like to keep you guys on your toes, but no, seriously, fellas, I really appreciate you having me on, especially being one of the first episodes. Um, you guys have been fantastic on our show and, and I learn as much from you guys as you guys have from, from 18 strong. So, um, any way that we can help you guys with the podcast, with your content, whatever, um, I appreciate what, what you guys are doing for the, the whole golf fitness community. And, um, we're all in this together. So appreciate it. And, uh, cheers boys. Cheers. Little cheers. growing out session right there. Awesome. Thanks for checking out this sit down interview we did with Jeff. 
If you're interested in learning more about what he does, check out the show notes where you'll see his website, his Instagram, and his email where you could connect with him. If you're a fan of this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a review so that we can continue to improve the podcast and bring more awesome guests on like Jeff. Next week, we'll be sitting down with Chandler Blanchet, who is the 2017 Jack Nicklaus National Player of the Year. He is also a current member on the PGA Tour of Latin America. Be sure to check it out, and we look forward to talking to you soon.